0: The Healthy Golf Podcast, episode 36, with your host, Dr. Joe O. Welcome to the Healthy Golf Podcast, a podcast designed to help you transform your golf game and your life. Join your host, Dr. Joe O, as he chats with experts on all things golf performance to keep you feeling great and playing your best on and off the course. Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Golf Podcast. I am your host, Joe O. And if this is your first time listening or if you're a regular listener, thank you so much for joining in on this week's episode. This is going to be another solo episode. I kind of am enjoying doing these solo episodes by myself. If you guys are enjoying them, please let me know. You can uh, reach me at any of the links in the show notes or you can feel free to send me an email at joe at puredrivephysio.com. Um, But today, I wanted to come on and talk about what I think is the most underrated recovery tool, and that includes for absolutely anything, whether you want to recover on the golf course, you want to recover just in everyday life, or after just a hard workout, the most underrated recovery tool is sleep. Now, there are lots of things that can help you recover. Yes, I'm well aware of this. Of course, being hydrated, eating, and uh, drinking appropriately minimizing your stress and also even working out can uh, help with your recovery and doing certain things with that you know self-massage myofascial release foam rolling all those kinds of things can also help with your recovery but I am very certain that sleep is one of the most underrated recovery tools that we have because so many of us discount it as a recovery tool. And we usually cheat ourselves when it comes to sleep because we have so many other obligations in our lives that we usually, you know, take from somewhere else so we can have more time doing another thing. And often that happens to be where we rob ourselves is sleep. And I'm here to tell you that robbing yourself of sleep may be doing more harm than it is good. So what I wanted to do in this episode was one, first go over a little bit of the science. Of sleep, why it's important for us, um, what happens if you don't get enough sleep, and then ultimately I definitely want to give you tips to help start improving your sleep that you can implement today and tonight to help you uh, recover better and just experience a better sleep. So let's first get into the science of sleep. So why is sleep good for us? Well, sleep is very restorative, obviously. Like if you have a really good night Of sleep you wake up and hopefully you feel refreshed and ready to go and energized I know many of us have probably woken up and we didn't have the best night's sleep whether there are lots of other factors that feed into that but when you wake up you feel groggy all those kinds of things right so why is sleep good for us it's restorative there are tons of bodily functions that happen during the nighttime the first thing is that there are, are a lot of repairs That occur while you are sleeping. First one is your body is releasing growth hormone, which allows yourself to repair itself. So if you're working out, or even if you walk the course for the first time in a while, or just regularly, you are creating and breaking down things unless you're used to that. So your body needs to repair itself and growth hormone is the way that it does that. And it has a high or I should say increase in growth hormone at nighttime when you are sleeping. Another thing that occurs while you are sleeping is that your body will release these little chemicals called cytokines, which help to fight off inflammation, infection, and help with healing if you incurred any kind of trauma. Uh, so again, if you're sick or you know you have some sort of infection or maybe you broke a bone or you have a cut or a scrape or again, trauma to the muscles from working out after a hard workout session, again, will be helpful to help repair that uh. Those kinds of things throughout the nighttime. Another thing that happens while we are sleeping is that your brain sorts out the day's information. So it takes everything that you learned and experienced during the day and it compartmentalizes that and stores it in different areas. And obviously this is really important for creating long-term memory. So if you're studying or if you're trying to improve in some sort of fashion or you're just working on improving yourself in in anything, you're trying a new technique or or learning something new. Um, I'm sure we all know that we're not the greatest at things, especially when, when we're learning something new. So that could be something on the golf course or just something personally, but you're learning how to navigate that skill. Your brain is going to take that information that you took that day and compartmentalize it and say like, okay, well, this wasn't a good technique. This was a better technique of how I did that. And you're gonna go through that. So everything that you learn during the day is going to be put in its proper place in the brain so it can be, be recalled later when it's needed. So to keep going with the science of sleep, I'm sure you have heard of the different cycles of sleep, we're not going to get too deep into this. um, But there are basically four different cycles. And I'm sure there's even more if you break it down. Um, But basically, there's three stages of non REM sleep and REM stands for rapid eye movement. And those you go through systematically as you're sleeping, hopefully, and then you eventually get into REM sleep, which again, is kind of what we look as the most restorative sleep. And that's usually where you're dreaming and uh, doing lots of other things, which again, people think that that's where again, you're, you're taking the information that you had during the day and then putting that where it needs to be. So the big thing to note is that as you're aging, you're going to be spending less time in that REM cycle, and you're going to be spending more time in the non REM cycle stages. So again, as we get older, we typically have less sleep um, as adults. And ideally, that's not good. We still need to have about seven to nine hours as adults, even over the age of 60. Um, But if you're spending less time in that REM cycle sleep, you may get less quality of sleep. So really focusing on the tips and making sure you have good sleep hygiene is going to be key to helping make sure that you have a good sleep, especially as you get older. So what can happen if you don't get enough sleep? I know that this has happened to probably all of us who are listening to this podcast. I'm sure you can recall a time where you did not get a good night's sleep and you woke up and you maybe had really important responsibilities that day, or maybe you didn't, but still, you didn't feel the greatest. And again, there are lots of things that can, can contribute to not having a good night's sleep. But what happens if you don't get enough sleep? You basically have decreased attention, reduced cognition, delayed reactions, and you can have mood shifts, right? So all of those things are obviously not ideal, especially if you have to perform, whether that's on the golf course, at work, or just with your family, right? All of those things can affect how you perform that day. And when you lack sleep, you eventually create a what we call sleep debt. And if you have a sleep debt, let's just say you lost an hour of sleep last night, which isn't terrible, right? You may not be the greatest at performing the next day. However, if you're losing sleep every night and night after night, you create more and more of a sleep debt. So let's say you just lose an hour every night for five days straight. Now you're behind on five hours of sleep, right? It's going to be really hard for you to make up that five hours versus one hour because the next day you might go to sleep earlier and then you may be able to uh, make up for that lost hour. But it's going to be really hard for you to make up for five hours or even more if you have to do that. So making sure that you stay on a regular routine and making sure that you do everything you can to not get into a sleep debt is going to be key. And there are some things that have been linked, such as uh, certain diseases and medical conditions that have been linked to a lack of sleep, including type 2 diabetes, obesity, hypertension, stroke, poor mental health, and even premature death. And all those things are obviously not good. And All of them are for the most part, uh, not all of them, but to certain degrees are somewhat uh, preventable, right? Like type 2 diabetes, obesity, hypertension. There is some sort of genetic uh, disposition to that, but you can do some things to make sure that you decrease your risk for that. Same thing with stroke. Um, So, all of those things are really important to make sure that you don't experience. And if you know, making sure that you just get good sleep is one way to do that. I would say you might as well take advantage of it. All right, so let's get into the different tips that I have for you to help improve your sleep. And I kind of alluded to it not too long ago, but one of the best things to do is have a consistent wake up and sleep time every single day. That routine is going to be key for you to make sure that you get the same amount of sleep every night and that you create this routine for your brain and your body that realizes and recognizes when it's going to go to sleep and when it's time to wake up. I know a lot of people, again, during the week, they may cut themselves short of some sleep and then what they'd like to do is they like to sleep in on the weekends. However, that could be possibly the worst thing that you can do for your sleep and your internal clock because what happens is when you wake up later you have a delayed time to light and that's going to throw off your internal clock basically so what it's going to happen is it's going to push back the time that you want to go to sleep right you you woke up later you're probably going to go to sleep later so if you do that on the weekend what happens is when it comes Monday and it's time for you to wake up in the morning cuz you have to go to work and you want to sleep a few more hours because you want to bed later and also your internal clock is already off, it's going to be harder for you to get up and then you're going to be rushing and doing all these things to get going for work. Whereas if you just stuck to the same schedule, you would be able and easily to get up on Monday morning. So tip number two is going to be minimizing screen time, you know, at least 60 to 90 minutes before you go to bed. And the main thing with this is that there is some research that has been done that thinks that blue light is thought to suppress melatonin. And melatonin is a hormone that is naturally released by our body, especially as the day uh, progresses and it starts to become nighttime. And that melatonin is what helps you feel a little bit more groggy and go to sleep. So again, making sure that you minimize your screen time, whether that's from the TV, your iPad, your phone, all of those things, which I know is significantly hard, even for myself, because I find myself either I'm working or just consuming uh, materials through those mediums. Um, So my suggestion would be, you know, maybe read a book instead, or if you have to do and use a TV or an iPad or a phone or something that's going to emit blue light is that you invest in some uh, blue light blocking uh, glasses, I know you can get them from Amazon. I don't have a specific pair or recommendation for you, but I know that you can buy those and that will help to block some of that blue light. Also, I know at least on the iPhone and I'm sure it's on the newer iPads is that you have the option to uh, change your, your screen so it uh, decreases the amount of blue light that's emitted from the screen. Obviously, from my knowledge, at least my TV doesn't, uh, it's hard for that to happen on the TV. I'm sure maybe newer TVs have that option. Um, But again, try to minimize your blue light exposure. Next tip is you want to only use the bedroom for sleep and intimacy. Your brain is going to associate the bedroom with certain things. And if you have a TV in your room and you lay in bed and watch TV your brain is going to associate that with something else or in addition to sleep and other things, right? Or if you do work in your room and you work on your bed, your your brain is going to associate that with different things. So instead of laying down a bed and your brain's gonna go, Oh, okay, maybe it's gonna be time to go to sleep If you usually work in your bed or you watch TV and you lay down, your brain is going to automatically start to think like, okay, well, we're going to watch TV or we're going to do work. And now it's going to be time for us to to start working. So it may start to release hormones that are going to help you get ready to do work and to watch TV, those kinds of things, which is not what you want to do when you want to lay down and go to bed. So I would say all of those things, again, is that you you want to – Get the TV out of the bedroom and not do work in your bed or any of those things. Again, the bedroom should only be reserved for sleeping or intimacy. The next tip is you want to establish a bedtime routine. So in this bedtime routine, you would want to obviously include shutting off any kind of electronics if possible. Um, You know, again, 60 to 90 minutes before you're going to go to sleep. And this routine again is going to help get your body into a pattern and your brain is going to associate that pattern with the habit of getting sleepy. So it will naturally help you fall asleep better, especially if you struggle with going to sleep. Having those weird bedtime routines is going to throw that off if you have a different routine every time you go to sleep. So if you set up this routine you're going to have a little bit better success in falling asleep and going to sleep easier and hopefully having a better night's sleep. The next thing is you want to have a comfortable and quiet environment. Now there are lots of things that go into this. The first one is you want to make sure that you have a dark room. So try to get Uh, room darkening shades If, if you have some light that's coming in from the outside environment you want to try to eliminate all light as much as possible that even includes those little lights from surge protectors or any other electronics that you may have in your room cover those up make sure that those are not out you want it to be very dark The next thing is you want to have a relatively cool room. Some research points to having the room be around 67 to 68 degrees Fahrenheit can be really helpful in helping you get some sleep and they suggest that if you're going to be cold then get some extra blankets basically at that point. The next thing you want to do is try to eliminate as much unwanted noise as possible. Now depending on where you live I know this can be really tough. Uh, I know a lot of people like to have uh, maybe a fan that's going on to help drown out any unwanted noises, uh, which I think is key. However, if let's say you live in a busy city and you have lots of noise going on outside of your apartment or your home or something along those lines, I would definitely recommend just buying some earplugs and trying to sleep with those in to, again, kind of get rid of any of those unwanted noises. And the last one for creating a comfortable and quiet environment is that you want to make sure that you have a good mattress and pillow. I think that there are so many different mattresses and pillows. I don't have a a specific recommendation for you. I found that in my experience, so many people prefer different things. So I tell them not to buy any specific pillow Or mattress because what works for one person may not work for the next so find a mattress and a pillow that works for you and if your current mattress or pillow is not doing the job then I would definitely go out and just buy one because this could be wrecking your sleep and you're gonna eventually buy one anyway you might as well make the investment now and just get it going the next tip is that you want to make sure that you have no caffeine within four hours of sleeping I'm sure most of us know that caffeine acts as a stimulant for the body, starts to make you a little bit more alert. So if you have it too soon before you go to bed, it's going to affect your body's ability to go to sleep. And I would also say that you wanna make sure that as you're doing this throughout the day, most of us know that there's caffeine in certain teas and coffee and some soda, but make sure that anything else that you're taking does not have caffeine in it. So any kind of um, you know pre-workout, that you may be taking or even any other kinds of supplements may have caffeine in it. Um, Maybe even some over-the-counter medications might have a little bit of caffeine in it. So make sure that you take note of that, read those labels, and make sure that, you know, when you do take any of those things that it's not within four hours of when you're going to sleep. The next one is you want to make sure that you do not use alcohol as a sleep aid. I'm sure most of us know that alcohol acts as a depressant for our body and it can make you sleepy, which sounds like a great idea. Like, okay, we're going to drink some alcohol. It's going to make us sleepy and we're going to sleep better. However, this is not the case. (laughs) Even though you will go to sleep, your body, like I said earlier, is working to do certain restorative processes as you're sleeping, right? Releasing growth hormone, releasing other, uh, little chemicals that help fight off inflammation, infection, all those different things. And when you're drinking alcohol, you technically are drinking a poison considered to your body, basically. So your body's first line of defense is to get rid of that. It wants to process it and break it down and get rid of that alcohol. So what it's going to do is it's going to spend more time and effort doing that instead of releasing growth hormone and all the other things that are restorative to you to make sure that you can perform well. And basically, what I would say is that, you know, I know most of us drink alcohol. We tend to have it later in the day with dinner, those types of things. Again, if you're going to drink alcohol, I don't think it's a bad thing. Don't use it as an aid to fall asleep, that's for sure. But if you're going to have alcohol, make sure one, that it's obviously in moderation. And again, if you're going to do it, do it. Uh, Make sure that you drink it before four hours of when you're going to go to sleep. That way that will give the body enough time to hopefully metabolize the ethanol throughout the body, get rid of it, and hopefully it'll just be out of your system at that point, and then your body will be able to do what it wants to do while you're sleeping. So those are my tips for helping you uh, have a better sleep. Hopefully this episode was helpful. If you guys are liking these shorter episodes with just myself going over a specific topic, please let me know. Shoot me a message on any of the social media links. Um, you can also, again, shoot me an email at joe at puredrivephysio.com. Um, all of those links are located in the show notes. If you guys and gals uh, want me to go over a specific topic, I would love love to hear your thoughts and ideas. Um, please Please shoot that over to me. And if you are not part of the Healthy Golf Facebook group, uh, it's a free community on Facebook that myself um, runs and I do get some help from other people that put in other exercises, but there are tons of healthcare professionals and golf professionals in there that uh, want to help you succeed in playing uh, better golf and also just live a healthier life off of the golf course. If you want to get into that, make sure that you go ahead, check out the show notes. You just got to answer a few questions and I'll let you into the group. If you guys are enjoying the show, please like, rate, and review it, Um, subscribe, share it with anyone that you think may benefit from this. I just want to continue to help more and more people play better golf, achieve peak performance on and off the golf course so that they can be their best. But thank you as always so much for listening and downloading the show. I know there are other things that you could be doing and you took the time out of your day to listen to me just jabber into a mic, which is still unbelievable to me that people do that. Uh, So thank you so much for doing that. And with that being said, keep working hard, keep striving for excellence in everything you do, because when you feel great, you go off great.